Yo and hello! Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. We're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? We do, and we hope it brings you warm and fuzzy memories as we press along into the cold, cold winter. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that statement. It was nice, I... and then it got kind of <laughs> sad. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the cold. I'm not- so you're in a nutshell. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm liking some things about the seasons changing, uh, for one, I'm kind of in the the sweet spot of when I wake up right before I start work, I get like the really nice uh, sunrise light. So I get really nice yes. like beams of light in my living room, which I'm loving. Mm-hmm. Uh, not loving the, the whole it's cold outside of my bed in the mornings and I cannot leave it. Otherwise, I will be cold. That's not a great time. It's it's true. It always becomes especially difficult to leave the bed when it's so cozy. It's so cozy. It's too cozy to get up. But I do have a, a some pleasant news for anybody who just wants to be cozy and hang out at home, as most of us should be doing, at least the, the latter half of that statement. Uh, but fairly recently, probably the start of this month, you know, I was going through uh, Amazon Prime, seeing what they had. And they've put up episodes of Martin Mystery and Popular Mechanics for Kids. So if you are going oh, in, you want to look back on some of your, your faves, uh, you know, at least Popular Mechanics for Kids was one that, that I had trouble finding full episodes of. But it's on Amazon Prime in Canada now. So go watch Amazing. that Jay Baruchel, sucker. <laughs> Give me that Baruchel content. This week, we're looking at season two, episode 13, There Will Be No Encore Tonight. Ooh, very oh, dramatic. So dramatic. Oh, no. First aired December 10th, 2004. It was written by Brent Piaskowski and directed by Stacey Stewart Curtis. So we get a couple of band appearances in this episode uh, from the 68th and from Sterling. So we will hear uh, some, some tracks from them throughout the episode. And uh, I'm excited to see what this episode has in store because in the in the American four season system, this would have been a season finale. Yeah, and uh, I mean that that title is already pretty promising. So I'm oh my god excited for the hot hot drama coming out of this one. This is the one. This is the one where they all like die or something, and then the last thirteen episodes are like <laughs> it's just Waller. It's just Waller yeah, shaking just the snow globe. He's like it doesn't have the same luster. And then he breaks the snow globe, and then he fills it with his tears. What what would be Waller's rosebud? Like, <laughs> if he drops the snow, snow globe, like, what's his last word that he says as he dies? I mean, I don't want to say it would be cougar, because I don't like the, the essence of that. I, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, like, cougar, go cougars. <gasps> what if he dies saying, I am danger man? Oh, and then, like, the snow it. globe breaks. That's it. Yep. Write that fic. <laughs> Bus driver, right that thick. We are so rock star. We deserve to trash this room for real. Oh, no, 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 she's kidding. So we start off our episode with the band practicing in Lily's basement. They're practicing a song we haven't heard before. And just as a reminder from last episode, Lily was working on a new song. So presumably this is Lily's new song. It's exciting because I think this is the first time that we actually see them performing together as a band because we've heard them talk about the band, but it's like, oh my God, they're actually playing as a band and we got uh, Parker on the bass and Megan on the drums and it's uh, it's a whole thing. It's so exciting. That's true. It's very exciting and they're very good and they finish and Megan does a dramatic drumstick flourish and manages to break a duck statue. The the thing (laughs) I I always remember, and I, I think this turns into a recurring bit with Megan, 
is that like it's not even a flourish she just ends by like fully like pulling back and just whipping her drumstick (laughs) (laughs) i would love to know if uh if hill still does that at shows i hope so (laughs) just throw some drumsticks around but uh so they're they're getting super psyched and parker's like oh i can't believe we're gonna do this for real in front of 200 people and that's when we get a classic lily stage fright moment as she realizes yep they're gonna be in front of 200 people which you know i kind of wondered what lily thought Soundwave was going to be they're, they're just there's nobody actually going to be there they're just going to like play it for later they're, they're performing <laughs> for a sound wave there's just like a continuous yes. hum throughout the room yeah sound wave isn't so much a music showcase as a demonstration of the doppler effect at school uh kim and river are talking about neat week coming up and telling everybody to do their part whatever neat week entails i guess they get <laughs> i think neat week involves all the students cleaning the school because river's like i'll be on co-ed shower detail <laughs> Just gross. Oh, <laughs> and Kim leaves the station to go talk to Robbie and she gives him a big kiss. Note, I said kiss without any sort of goof, <laughs> goofy twang on it. Um, wow. I, although I was very tempted to. Uh, so she kisses Robbie and Robbie's like, you know, for a journalist, you're not good at keeping a secret. And Kim's like, maybe we shouldn't keep this secret anymore. And it's kind of an interesting flip because it used to be the big deal that Kim's like, oh, people can't see you with me because you're a ninth grader, blah, blah, blah. And I'm a mature woman uh, who is 17. <laughs> and, uh, but Robbie seems to be super hesitant. And Kim has the saddest look in her eyes. She's kind of like, oh. I know. And then sad Ray Kim pops makes up. me so it's sad. So sad. And we, we get like a, a snide little moment from River watching the two of them just like on the radio broadcast. And he's like, well, maybe this is a good time of year to put all of your secrets out in the open and like finger guns and winks at them. And it's just uh, <laughs> it's, uh, such a River Pierce moment. God. We also get this great bit where Ray just kind of pops up out of nowhere and tells Robbie he should call Travis's cell phone as a sick prank because Bridget's showing up uh, later that day. And so he keeps calling Travis trying to trick travis into thinking it's bridget because that's that's what ray do and uh there's a there's a really fun moment where he he has a little back and forth with kim and says you don't scare me and kim just like hisses at him (laughs) (laughs) it's good fun but uh yeah i guess we're in for a very romance heavy episode so there's some robbie and kim stuff going on and bridget's coming back bridget's plane was supposed to be in already ring come on ring you know a watch cell phone never rings Hey, hey, boo, I can't believe... Man, grow up. So we go to the cafeteria. Uh, Travis is watching his phone, like, eagerly, like, waiting for it to ring. He's like, her flight was supposed to be in by now. And then it rings, and he picks it up and goes, Hey, boo, which is just terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) To hear Travis say, hey, boo, is a lot. It's a lot of feelings. But it is, of course, Ray pranking him. And Travis is like, oh, my God, grow up. And Ray and Grace enter the cafeteria and, you know, we get more nervous Travis, you know, um, obviously really uh, excited to see Bridget, but like really anxious to talk to her. And we get Lily kind of obviously anxious about Soundwave. uh, And, you know, Ray asks if she's ready for the show because obviously he knows about her stage fright. And Grace goes to offer some advice about uh, stage fright and Lily cuts her off because she's heard it all before. And we've heard it all before. We've gone through this in, uh, in previous episodes. <laughs> but Grace says, no, my advice is to pick one person and sing directly to them. And Lily just kind of has this little thoughtful moment. And her and Ray share this kind of like 
meaningful look, or at least she's looking at him in a meaningful way, and Grace kind of catches it. But then Travis's phone rings, and it cuts that off, and he looks at Ray, and Ray obviously is not on the phone, so he's like, okay, it's fine, it's her. And he picks it up again, and this time it's Robbie, and Robbie's like, yeah, this this is pretty funny. <laughs> this is a pretty good bit. Yeah. It's a good bit. Uh, I just, I feel so bad for Grace. She was just this random girl at Mickey's, and now she's in this relationship where, like, <laughs> there's, like, this obvious history. Uh, and she's so sweet. She's so like sweet, but she truly doesn't have any personality outside of that. We know nothing I guess about so. Grace. That's true. We don't know what she likes. That's we don't know true. what she does. In the station, the crew is talking about uh, whether you should, you know, air your love out in public or... <laughs> or just generally speaking about, you know, telling somebody you love them and all that. You know, Robbie's definitely trying to sort out his feelings on the air. You know, we, we get everybody's takes on it, but Travis probably has, you know, of course, being Travis, the, the most poignant take where he's like, well, you know, what if you, you bear your soul to somebody and you tell them all of your feelings and all they say in return is, hey, could you pass the ketchup? <laughs> like, I... I like I like to like really remove that from the context of having a meal at all. <laughs> Just use yeah. that really in any scenario. Like I feel like there's so many lines from the show that I just want to work into my life. Like whenever there's an awkward silence in a meeting, <laughs> especially now <laughs> See, I- <laughs> that it's a Zoom meeting, just go, "Hey, can you pass the ketchup?" Yeah, we're just I had a dog that ate peanuts. <laughs> Ray gets this far more confusing metaphor going where he's talking about blow drying your hair while the phone is ringing no and no no he's talk- but it's blow drying it's i i really like rays because it's such a specific feeling of like blow drying oh. your hair or having like headphones on or or anything and thinking that you're hearing a phone ringing and then being really paranoid about missing the opportunity so I think like that's what oh, he's getting at fair. is about you know that's fair. wondering if there ever was an opportunity and wondering if you've missed it. And it's, it's, I like it. I like how he puts it together. And it's a very specific feeling that I relate to because there's That's a good point. so many times that I think I, I hear stuff, but I have my headphones on all the time and I never know. That is, that is a true thing. Yeah. Especially with, I feel like we're all, <laughs> I say we all as a society, but I know I'm definitely like super sensitive to the sound of like my phone vibrating, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. you'll hear something's like, is that my phone? <laughs> we we do and live it's in a like society. Something you hear in your, it's true. <laughs> Bridget finally gets in touch with Travis, and Travis decides to run off to Mickey's. And I guess we'll see what happens with Bridget and Travis's grand reunion. Well, we always have bonded over disproportionate tourist attractions, like the giant Buddha in Lantau Island. Remember? It's hard to believe that we ended up here together in Moscow, of all places. So we do see the Travis and Bridget reunion and Travis is like very excitedly like dragging her by the hand. I guess he's toured her around Roscoe and he's like, and we're back to the start. Look where we are. (laughs) I love the concept of that. Like, remember this tiny shitty town that you were in super recently? Let's tour it again. (laughs) Want to take a tour? Let's go to Mickey's. That's it. I'm fully convinced because like we're we're seeing them at the end of the tour. I'm fully convinced that like the start of the tour was like the bike racks outside of Mickey's. Yes, they just kind of went around the building. But yeah, so we we get a scene of the two of them. And we get, I don't know if we saw it in the karaoke episode um, and we didn't discuss it, but we do get a a very close look 
at the karaoke posters throughout Mickey's. And I can't I can't quite make sense of the design. It kind of looks like there's a silhouette of a lion on them. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> like a almost it looks like a very lionesque somebody with a very lionesque mane with yeah, karaoke night, you got like a good like old fashioned like purple to yellow gradient sunburst thing. Yeah. Like a, <sighs> a, a, a yellow glow outside of this silhouette. This poster makes me think of uh for my for my breath requirement and my degree because I took an arts degree, you had to take like a science course in order to graduate for some reason. And so I took this super easy computer science course that was basically designed for that. Cause just, and just like, what's the point of that? I don't know. It's a whole thing. But it was like, it was supposed to be like a sort of like a computer science media thing. So we had a Photoshop assignment, but it was the weirdest fucking Photoshop assignment because it was like, make a poster that has all of these effects on it, like yeah. bevel, emboss, glow, and stuff like that. It's like, this isn't how you make a oh, good poster. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had to do that too. And it was like, use three of the custom shapes in in Photoshop. That's I'm right. like, when am oh I ever going to use the default shapes to draw a tree <laughs> in Photoshop? <laughs> I know. But yeah, so they it's it's very cute. Travis is so in love. He's like... He's like so jovial and just twirling Bridget around the cafe as they sit down together. It's definitely the giggliest we've ever seen, Travis. Yeah, he's so giggly. And it seems to be going well. And yet we get this kind of line at the end because they're kind of trading quips back and forth about, you know, just just chatting about the Buddha as you do. And uh, Bridget at one point says, it's like you don't even know me at all, which is, you know, not meant in like a like an angry way but it's there's just like this little back and forth where he like it's like about misattributing quotes or something yeah and it kind of lingers as if it's like a really big deal but it's just like he thought she was quoting buddha and she wasn't and then he thought she wasn't quoting buddha but she was and that's that's it (laughs) that's the whole thing that's he doesn't that's the relationship drama but uh over at lily's place um the band is rehearsing once again and we get another uh, Megan drumstick moment, except this time she doesn't throw it. She just kind of like like reaches out and like knocks a photo off of the wall. And we get... It's so good. She's like already standing up when we go to her. Yeah. Like, so she just kind of stood up and was like, bomb. Very intentionally. Kind of, kind of like a cat that looks at you and then like knocks something off of the table. Like that kind of energy. I like that energy for Megan. That's, <laughs> that's very good. But we, we get a good moment again. Um... The first time she did this, she broke something, and we heard Lily's dad shout shout down to ask what it was. Um, and he does it again this time, and Lily's like, don't worry, it's just a picture of Ray. And he goes, oh, no loss. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. God, thanks, thanks, Lily's dad. Um, but they- Lily's dad just dunking on Ray. They take a break from rehearsing, and Megan goes off to, to grab a snack, and Parker asks Lily why she has a picture of Ray, and it's because she's following Grace's advice- and picking one person in the audience to sing the song to, and that person is Ray. And Parker doesn't think it's a good idea. She's realized that the song that Lily is, has written is about Ray, and that he's in a relationship now. And she she asks if this is a wise choice, and Lily basically says she, she doesn't have a choice. This is the way she's got to do it. And then we get kind of a, a scene with them afterwards of... Um, Ray sitting in the cafeteria and Lily going up to to him and he's working on a poem for Grace and he asks for a rhyme and all of Lily's rhymes are very mean. <laughs> She's like disgrace. Yeah, it's like replace. Uh, you know, disgrace, a base. 
Ripley. And it's, yeah. It's very rough, but um, she realizes that he he really likes her, but he confides in her that he's been nervous to kiss her. And Lily's like, oh, that, you've kissed tons of girls. You're fine. And then Ray says that while I'm kissing her, the phone will ring and I won't hear it. Why is that? Why is this so good? Oh, <laughs> for for being so dumb, Ray says some stuff that just kind of hits, you know. I know it is so poignant when when Ray's on, he's on. He's on. Holy shit! Oh, yeah, my heart. Yeah, my tiny heart. What's up, Travman? <clears throat> it's it's just that. Um... I may have traveled the world, memorized part of the first 100 digits, and spent a week with Tibetan monks, but I've never told anyone that I loved them before. Travis and Bridget are going through the hallway, and Travis is like, okay, we're going to go to Soundwave, and then we're going to go to the Roscoe Philharmonic. Does he say the Roscoe Philharmonic? Like, how the fuck does <laughs> this tiny town me? have a Philharmonic Excuse orchestra? <laughs> you know that it's it like, just- it's just two people with, like, whatever instruments that they played in high school, so it's like... A euphonium and a piccolo, and that's it. It's Ed and Ted, and then Mickey shouting <laughs> through a microphone. Uh, <laughs> it's the Roscoe Philharmonic. It's just Ed and Ted, and you, you, we're getting a sense that Bridget's not kind of feeling that energy. She's like, "Yeah, let's let's just take things one thing at a time." And Travis is like, "Yeah, live in the present." And Bridget's like, "Yeah," and then she just kind of leaves. And then Parker comes like flying down the stairs, and <laughs> she kind of like follows Travis and is being all cute, like, "Oh, you like her? You want to be her boyfriend?" Blah blah blah. And Travis is kind of uncomfortable, and it turns out he's never told somebody he loves them before. Parker says, "You just gotta go do it." And Travis is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go do it. Thanks, Parker." And <laughs> he gives her a hug, and it's very cute. And then Kim, it's time for Kim to confront Robbie. Oh, it's 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 bad. Kim's like, you never did want to tell anybody about us, did you? You just, you know, pretended you did because you thought I didn't want to. And Robbie's like, no, no, no. It's just that there are things you don't know about me. And she's like, that's why I want to commit. I want to know things about you. And then oh, <laughs> River comes out of nowhere and kind of like perches on Robbie. Yeah, he's got like <laughs> he this kind of like <laughs> grip on his shoulders and is talking to Kim over his shoulders, but is like gripping onto Robbie. I'm just picturing like... <laughs> He's like slowly pressing down on Robbie to try and like <laughs> like push him away so that he can talk to Kim. As, as the conversation goes, he like kind of continues to like crawl to the point where he's just like piggybacked on Robbie. Yes. <laughs> he's got like his like elbow on his shoulder and is kind of perched with like his chin on his hand and is like in a very nonchalant pose as Robbie's like crushed. I'm just picturing the the to the left picnic face skit where Scott just kind of slowly shoves Brian into the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's that, like that it's just that, just fully crushed under the weight of River Pierce. But uh, from his perch on top of Robbie, River makes this weird power move where he's like, "Hey, since we're hosting Soundwave, do you want to go together?" And Kim's like, "Sure." As always, it's hard to read River's motives. Like, I don't know if, who knows, maybe there's part of River that's trying to, like, push Robbie to do something. But it's just such a weird setup. He's just, perch, I'm going to steal yeah. your girlfriend. And then they leave. But we we do get in this interaction as Kim's kind of, like, pleading with Robbie and, and trying to, to get him to be open and, and to commit to this. She says before River shows up that 
she might not be in Roscoe as long as he thinks. So there's <gasps> oh, that's what's, right. What's happening? What what, what new development is up in Kim's life? I guess we'll find out later. Oh man! But then we get a scene in the hallway with uh, Lily and Grace, and we gotta preface this by saying Grace has done nothing wrong at any point. Grace has no. just been a delight. She was brought into this situation by Lily, and Lily sees her in the hallway, and she's like, "You might say that she's been very gracious." I'm cutting that. <laughs> um, so Lily sees Grace in the hallway and like turns around. And she's like, oh, God, I don't need this. And Grace kind of chases her down. And she's like, Lily, I've got something for you. And she gives her a guitar strap that apparently belongs to this like blues musician who um, is like an inspiration for Lily. And Ray told Grace that. And Grace's dad knows somebody. So it's just this really sweet gesture that she gives to Lily for good luck with her show. And it's so nice. And then Lily says, thank you. And she like turns to walk away and Grace kind of pauses and shouts after her. And she's like, does Ray like me? And it's, it's, it's so sad because like she, she says he's just been kind of like distant and, and hard to read, but she thinks he's just the best and she's never met anybody that like him that she likes so much. And it's just, Oh, I feel I feel so bad for Grace. Me too. And I can't get over this guitar strap gift. Like the level of thought that goes into that gift. That's yeah. something you get your significant other. Yeah. Not like not like the, the best friend of your new boyfriend. Like that's wild it's, to me. It's so <laughs> sweet and thoughtful. And oh my gosh. But yeah, it's just Grace. it's just relationship drama abound all throughout. And it looks like we're oh, heading goodness. for some pretty rocky places in most of our, our main couples. So we'll see how that pans out in the second half of the episode. Girl stuff, boy stuff, girl stuff. And, and don't forget the boy stuff. stuff. Wow, it's girl stuff, boy stuff time. Girl stuff, boy stuff, girl stuff. And don't forget the boy stuff, girl Maybe maybe a fairly niche one, but one that I definitely couldn't get through the podcast without talking about. So Girl Stuff, Boy Stuff first aired from 2002 to 2003. It was a Canadian-Hong Kong-British production produced and joined by Agogo Media, AE Limited, and Decode Entertainment. Decode, of course, being the people behind RFR. So the series was created by Ruth Benny. Um, it's kind of hard to find info about them. I did find a website that I'm assuming is theirs. But makes no mention of uh, girl stuff, boy stuff. But according to this website, uh, Ruth is the co-founder of Animage Films, founded in 1992. Uh, It's an uh, animation group that's produced original TV programs and films, presumably (laughs) including girl stuff, boy stuff. But again, makes no mention. Mm -hmm. But since 2007, Ruth's work has focused mainly on a series of film campaigns tackling the many forms of violence against women, as well as other social issues. Many of the films spearheaded wow. national and international awareness campaigns. So assuming that this is the same Ruth Benny, um, you know, has gone on to use her art for, you know, very socially productive things. So I think that's really cool. cool. Um, you can, if you go on Animage's Vimeo, you can see a lot of uh, their films. So go check them out. Um, the series was developed by Nicola Taylor and Alan Silbering. Alan was a writer for series like Doug, Student Bodies, and Chop Chop Ninja, which I had to throw in there just because that's a real show. 
Some kind of familiar names throughout the cast. We've got uh, Beth Stevenson as a producer. Just looking at Beth Stevenson's IMDb page, uh, you know, some of her credits include A Christmas Exchange, Christmas in the Rockies, Dashing Home for Christmas, Pony Sitters Club, Fun at the Fair, A Very Country Christmas Homecoming, The Wedding Planners, Love and Harmony Valley, Pony Sitters Club, The Big Sleepover, Love by Accident. Those are all in 2020. (laughs) I need, I feel like I need to watch her entire producing filmography she was also (laughs) she she was an executive producer on christmas wedding planner which is one of the worst netflix christmas originals it is so bad yes but if you're looking for a christmas drinking game that is the one to go to oh hell yeah oh my gosh it will it will be the season soon before before long we i watched that with um a couple of friends after the um our semester wrapped and we we did a drinking game to it. We did the thing where you put a Santa hat on the corner of the TV. Oh, you drink it over people wear it. That yes. one was great. And then we did, um, you had to finish your drink every time somebody brought up a dead relative because that is, of course. Oh, God. So, th- there's got to be a dead mom or a dead parent somewhere in these Christmas movies, right? So Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Fuck. there'd be a line where it'd be like, uh I, I really wish your father could see this. And then everyone would be like, dead relative. We're not going to finish their drink. Oh, fuck. Um, we've also got series music by Chris Egan, Ian Hughes, and Jono Grant. Jono Grant. Jono Grant. You know that person. Uh, one we of the people behind the music of RFR. So uh, a cool connection there. Amazing. So about the show, the show is about six teenage friends who talk about the differences between girls and boys, examining topics such as hobbies, food, music, and fashion. That's about it. <laughs> I did have to share uh, this. This is a, a chorus entertainment kind of press release from when it first came out. And I would like to share the the paragraph that contained the announcement of this show, just because I think it's a really, Yay. really nice little time capsule of the times. Among the highlights, YTV launches Warner Brothers star-studded sitcom What I Like About You, featuring Jenny Garth and Amanda Bynes, and the acclaimed animated series that Canadians have been waiting for, Samurai Jack. From Nelvana comes the twisted animated series Mobile Mysteries, voiced by Frankie Muniz, and from Nickelodeon, the quirky series Fairly Odd Parents, with guest voices Frankie <laughs> Muniz and Jay Leno. Canadian shows include the YTV-commissioned sitcom I Love Mummy, an animated series, Girl Stuff, Boy Stuff, from the makers of Zach Files and Angela Anaconda. What a fun little time capsule of what I like about no you. No kidding. Samurai Jack. Wow. Wow. So uh, I'll go through. We've got six main characters in this show. Um, the actors for whom pretty much all have done uh, voice work for other Canadian series, like ones we've talked about. So we've got Amos Crawley as Simon, who has voice characters in Redwall, Little Bear, and Goosebumps. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's Martin the Warrior. Martin the Warrior was Simon from Girl Stuff Voice Stuff. It's Martin the Warrior, baby. Uh, we got Jonathan Malin as Ben. He was in series like Dark Oracle. And one called MP Force that I've never heard of before. It's like MP4. That sounds wild. The word force. I looked brief, the poster for it looked like Winx Club, and I was like, what is this? I've never heard of this. But uh, Jonathan Malin also has credits in Paw Patrol, and recently, The Umbrella Academy. What a... Woo! Then we've got Bryn McCauley as Hannah. We've seen Bryn McCauley before, um, voicing in George Shranks and Franklin. 
got Drew Nelson as Jason, also voiced in the Total Drama series. Jackie Rosenbaum as Talia, uh, voiced in Delilah and Julius and was in In a Heartbeat. And then we've got Novi Edwards as Rianne, uh, who's been in Delilah and Julius, Cyber Chase, and 16. She was Serena in 16, so pretty prominent role there. Um, and recently she was in the uh, CBC series Working Moms. So that's a fun one. Oh. Also a fun credit nice. for to her name. She was in Glitter, the Mariah Carey movie. So uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty rad. So I'll go into the show a little bit. I mean, I got to start out by saying this show is so ugly. It's so never, weird. Never has a show that we've looked at looked so much like it was made in Microsoft Paint. It's just, it's all angles. It's like, it's, that's like the first thing I think angles. of the show. It's just, yeah, oops, all angles. Everybody has like pentagonal or hexagonal faces. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's like they took the like default paint color palette, you know, when you've just got like straight magenta mm-hmm. and cyan, all of that. And then you took like the pen tool in a software and you just kind of clicked around and you said, yep, that's the shape of somebody's head. And you went from there. And it's just... It's very that. I'm so confused by all of the choices. And I wanted to, like... I I wish I could have found, like, some sort of article from one of the animators explaining why the show was like this and and why they did what they did and asked them to own up to their crimes. Because it is just... (laughs) We've, We've seen some ugly shows. I mean, Monster by Mistake, pretty ugly. Angela Anaconda. I pretty think, ugly but i think yeah. i think this kind of takes the cake so far i don't know i feel like monster by mistake is still uglier than this i i think i'm biased against monster by mistake because of the things i had to read while researching that <laughs> <laughs> don't do it don't do it i'd forgotten too like looking at the 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 characters again and the character design i like how the like the one friend is like half the size of everybody else. She's so like, she's small. So tiny. She's so small. She's the <laughs> tiniest person. <laughs> Why doesn't Simon, the largest friend, simply eat all the other <laughs> friends? Yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, it's kind of hard to find fandom for this one. I think this is a, a pretty niche one. Um, there isn't a fandom wiki, but I did find an entry for it on the sound effects fandom wiki. Which is a, a fun thing to <laughs> Just exist. Just for the concept of sound effects? <laughs> yeah, people, big fans of sound effects. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's not like a wiki by itself. It's not like an archive. It is soundeffects.fandom.com. But yeah, you look up girl stuff, boy stuff, and it's just a big list of sound effects that are used in the show. So, oh, look, wow. look, they used Hollywood Edge, big crunchy bite. Sick. <laughs> oh, screams for women. <laughs> Screams for women. Birdhawk single score. <laughs> so so good. They call me Birdhawk single score. <laughs> God, in in the days of Benedict Cumberbatch, that would have been a good a good contender. Yes. So that's that's a fun thing to exist. Um, I did find an entry for them on a Tumblr called Canadian Cartoon Classics, uh, which calls Amazing. itself a website devoted to classic cartoons and kids shows broadcasted in Canada between the 80s and 2000s. There's just like a single post and it's a couple of screenshots from the um, opening theme. And there's just a little blurb that says, this is girl stuff, boy stuff. I try not to understand it because it's best not to. <laughs> it's not a bad show, but it's not the best either. 
it was plagued with 90s stereotyping, basically. So it definitely gives off of a, a nostalgia vibe for me. Also, it reminds me of Prozac. So going through, um, tried to check a couple other maybe fandom-y thread kind of places. I did find a post on Reddit of somebody sharing the intro. So it's just a clip to the a clip of the theme song. There's one comment on it that says, Precaution, John Cena pops up at 30 seconds. Couldn't find a plain intro or theme song video. <laughs> You've been warned. What what a perfect what a perfect reflection of of a specific time in the internet of just John Cena popping yeah. up in things. But I just love that. Guys, John C- just so you know. Stuff, boy stuff John C- Yeah, right? Who who made that edit? Who is pranking yeah. their friends with a girl stuff boy stuff intro? Oh my god. I did find a couple of other threads on a couple of boards. These are from Fire Den, which I hadn't heard of before, but looks like it's kind of like a 4chan kind of format. These are both a couple of threads that were talking about Canadian kids shows. And somebody had posted a picture of Girl Stuff, Boy Stuff, of, you know, the main characters. And somebody uh, in response just said, eye-burning colors, annoying theme song, lame characters, probably made to fill quotas. It was shit. <laughs> just nice. Excuse me, annoying theme song? More like iconic theme song. I, I love the theme song. We love our stuff. You can't, we can't forget the boy stuff. Of it. But then in a, another thread on this site, um, very similar thing, where it's just, you know, people talking about Canadian kids shows like cartoons that they're nostalgic for. You know, people are debating like what the best series is. And, it you know, it, it gets like kind of heated as it goes on. But in response to somebody's post about what <laughs> what their favorite shows were is my, my favorite post in this thread. Their photo is of the untalkative bunny looking very smug. And the text just says, you are like a little baby. (laughs) Just just smug hands on his hips, untalkative bunny. You are like a little baby. You are like a little baby. Like I said, you know, partially because I don't think there's a big fandom following for this one, but also because the phrase girl stuff, boy stuff is also just hard to to search and get the results you're looking for without getting into, you know, gender discourse. But I was able to find, and I think this is one of my favorite things about this whole process is finding sites that I didn't know existed, you know, just in general, like I didn't know about (laughs) the ideas wiki before doing Martin mystery. And I certainly didn't know about marry your favorite character online before doing this episode. (laughs) (laughs) so i'm looking at a page of a very old looking website and (laughs) it's got it's got each of the characters from girl stuff boy stuff and underneath these are very very tiny tiny pictures of all of them but underneath the photos there's a button that says marry me and then underneath (laughs) it it says how many people they're married to Everybody is married to one person, but except for Jason. Jason's married to two. Oh my god. So, I mean, if you want to get married, marry your favorite <laughs> character online and you too could marry Simon. Yes. I haven't clicked on the marry me button before and I'm scared. <laughs> I, oh, I think I have to make an account and I'm not, I'm not willing to commit to that bit. But I'm... No. 
What what a, a strange, strange thing to exist. I absolutely love that. Marry Your Favorite Character Online is a site where you can virtually marry the character or personality of your dreams, winky face. This is also a very good way to show your love to a certain character, actor, or personality and see which other people fancy him or her. Yeah, I know. We have to share. After all, this isn't just a fan listing. Marrying a character means that you're actually willing to marry him or her, if he or she was real anyways, winky face. Once you marry a character, you will receive an HTML code for your marriage certificate. (laughs) You may then post the code on your own site to show that you got married to that character. So what are you waiting for? Register now and get married. I want to marry you and put you in the pool. <laughs> well, I I will say, Sammy, I mean, when when this episode comes out, it will be the last episode before uh, you are a married woman. Oh, my gosh. So so I have a closing window uh, to marry <laughs> Simon from Girl Stuff, Boy Stuff, first, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> speaking of Simon from Girl Stuff, Boy Stuff... Um, Simon is my Simon is my favorite character, um, just simply because of how he said his name in the opening song. Because they would like they would have Simon. like their little yeah they would have like their little like part where they would all be singing together, and then it would, they would do kind of like a roll call where they would all say, say their names. And Simon was just like he sounded very congested in it, and I think yeah. Sammy and I would just do impressions of it. I mean, we we still do it to this day of just him going Simon. <laughs> I don't know Simon. why. I don't know why it gets me, but I mean. It turns out some other people are just really down for for Simon because I did find a Facebook page called Photos of Simon from Girl Stuff Boy Stuff. <laughs> and they're they're memes that are fairly recent that are just like kind of sh- shit post photos. Um Sammy stumbled across one already from 2017 that's the uh the Drake meme and it's him saying no to Jason and saying <laughs> yes to Simon. Oh my and it's just God. it's all it's all things of that nature. There's an edit of the the kind of um promotional picture that instead of saying girl stuff, boy stuff with all the characters, it says Simon stuff, Simon stuff with his face <laughs> photoshopped onto all the characters. There's pictures of just like close-ups of his swim trunks. <laughs> There's like the brain explosion oh my meme. God. I'm on this page now too, and it's just such a it's so bizarre. It was created in February of 2016, and the last post was from July of 2017. So it's just this year and a half long blip of Simon content. I like the Flora Simon from Girl Stuff, Boy Stuff, and somebody diving into the ground. Yes. This is insane to me. I absolutely love it. <laughs> this is such a beautiful niche thing that I'm so happy exists. It's- specifically for Simon, because Simon deserves it. It's potentially, yeah, like one of the most niche fan pages that's ever existed. So I'll just uh, pop into a couple of reviews here. There aren't many floating around that I could find. Um, There's a couple on IMDb. This one says, best cartoon. Okay, (laughs) if you decide not to watch the show because of the other reviews, you shouldn't. I first saw an ad for the show, looked at the graphics and thought, blah, they're real crud. (laughs) But I think the storylines are really meaningful and have truthful about issues of teenagehood. This show may not be enjoyed by some. 
who are into the whole 3D graphics and stuff. But still, I love it. It follows the life of six teenagers, Talia, Rian, Hannah, Jason, Simon, and Ben. That's pretty much all I can tell you about it, seeing that every episode's different from being set up on blind dates to finding out how old is too old to go trick-or-treating. This show is the best besides its lack of graphics. I give it an 8 out of 10. I really like that being like, that's all I can tell you about it, because I don't know if you know this, but every episode is different. <laughs> like, they're explaining. You know, see, like usually when I, show works. when I read a review, I'm expecting a detailed summary of every episode. <laughs> I like, I really like when you've got um, reviews for, for shows that are this old, and they've still got the warning spoilers tag on them. Yes. Uh, this this one spoilers says- Spoilers for girl, girl stuff, stuff, boy stuff? Yeah, for all of, all of the, the sick plot oh. of this show. I know. God. Girl Stuff, Boy Stuff is about a group of teenage kids, three boys and three girls, all which different personalities, and verging on the cliche teenage character types, e.g. environmentalist, fashion enthusiast, video game player, skateboarder, etc., who share their lives as a group of friends, spending much time together or with a few of them. They go to the local diner, skate park, mall, arcade, and similar places, and little is said of school, except assignments, a bit like The Weekenders. The plots are usually fairly entertaining, the characters all right, and the style of animation isn't that bad. Fairly entertaining show. What were the spoilers? What were the spoilers in that review? Yeah. Spoilers, it's entertaining. Oh, fuck. <laughs> One of them's a skateboarder. They go to the mall. Oh, shit. Oh, no. And then um, I did find this one on TV.com. Uh, the title of this review is Group of Friend Enjoy Themselves. <laughs> group of friends. Girl Stuff Boy Stuff focuses on a group of friends who have small normal adventures, such as Simon trying to make a cookbook and the girls' fashion problems. Um, I, I do need to note before I continue this review that the end of every sentence uh, is an ellipsis. That, so... <laughs> Just stream of consciousness. I think I need to read this as, as you know, initially intended. Oh no. <laughs> um... Uh, in the girls' fashion problems, in taping a music show, and so forth and so on. Yet, it's, it's quite entertaining and not a bad show. The animation is modern and CGI. <laughs> the second season's animation seems somewhat different and less smooth. It could just be my brain working strangely. <laughs> the humor is alright. The opening sequence is fast-paced and features words about activities and things relating to teenage life, such as food and TV. The friends enjoy each other a lot, and there is an app where Rihanna explains group dynamics to them. And how each member contributes equally to the group to make a whole. Quite a good show. That's it. <laughs> okay. I think one of my favorite things about the review, aside from aside from the, the that beautiful um, reading of it that we just got to enjoy, is, like, that the friends have small, normal adventures. Like, <laughs> I do like the phrasing of small, normal adventures. I also like that they're, like, things that relate to teenagers, like TV and food. <laughs> <laughs> just teen things. TV, food. Just, just teen things. Only for teens. Only for teens. So yeah, that's um that's girl stuff, boy stuff. If you're looking to watch it, uh, there was a DVD released of it. It's called Games Peeps Play, but as far as I could tell, it was only released in Region Four. So if you live in Australia, amazing. <laughs> and you want a girl stuff, boy stuff DVD, 
go for it. Um, I did find most of the episodes on YouTube. Also found episodes on Overdrive. So if you got a library card Hell yeah. and you want to rent Girl Stop, Boy Stop, go do it. It's so ugly. I encourage you to at least go look at pictures of it because yes. it's so bad. What kind of person am I then? Well, as Nanny Haynes would say, you're the kind of person who listens to her heart. Of course, she's listening for regular heartbeats, but you get the point. Coming back from the break, Lily is inspired again, so she's writing a song as they're packing up for Soundwave, and she's getting, kind of getting a last-minute, you know, heart-to-heart with Parker, like, is, do, you, do you think I should be doing this? And Parker's like, the great thing about you is you don't listen to what other people say. You listen to your heart. Now, tell me where your pudding cups are. Because <laughs> it turns out Parker's been sneaking, like, the pudding cups that are meant for Lily's lunches. And I just... We, we fully continue the, the, the narrative of Sammy and Parker being the exact same person. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I was just going to say, yes, my identification with Parker Haynes takes a step further because, goddamn, give me, like, I could live off of chocolate pudding cups. Are you kidding me? So good. <laughs> and then we go to Soundwave where the 68s are performing and it's a rollicking good time. And we actually have like, you know, it's actually a stage like full of extras. This is a big deal. So they're playing. This- yeah, there's lots of people here. It's yeah. not it's not the little teeny tiny cafeteria anymore. Yeah, it's not like that forced perspective gym thing where there's clearly like only 10 people in the room, but they're trying to make it look yeah, like yeah. there's lots of people. Um, so they're rocking out. Uh, Lily's excited because she sees that Ray's there. He's like, he's here. And Parker's like, don't you mean they're here? And Lily's like, yeah, whatever. And Parker's like, well, the thing is, you have to think about what's in Ray's heart too. And Lily's like, well, there could be two things in somebody's heart. And uh, Megan comes in with the wisdom. She says, you know, sometimes when you love someone, you have to let them go. And Lily kind of snarks on her. She's like, now you're speaking. Megan's like, I pick my moments. And Megan's just great. I enjoy Megan a lot as a character. But for for some reason, uh, River is the one hosting this event. I don't I don't quite understand why they got this seventeen year old yeah <laughs> to to host like this big um, music event. And he's like, "Well, thank everybody for coming out." As he introduces the next band, he's like, "And thank you for listening to Cougar Radio, soon to be the number one independent station." It's what not- are you talking about? That's not possible. It's it's all just like you're just doing the school announcements. <laughs> Fuck. That's that's all you're doing. And making creepy comments about inspecting showers. <laughs> I'm so confused by this ploy to make Cougar Radio marketable. Because even when you're driving me crazy, I'm still crazy about you. And you don't drive me crazy? Sometimes I never want to see you again. And then one second later, I wonder how long it'll be before I see you again. And now we have two breakups. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. So oh. We, we got a performance from the 68s at the start of this whole section. And now as Sterling plays, we get, ooh, with the beginning of the end of all of the, the relationships. It's very moody. Like, Sterling's playing a very moody song. Yeah, yeah. So, so Robbie's in the audience and is obviously annoyed at River plugging Cougar Radio. And, um you know, makes a quip about it, which Kim overhears. So Kim and Robbie have a little interaction and he's like, here, you shouldn't be here with River. You should be here with me. And she's like, all you have to do is ask me, Robbie, like, just say that you want to be together. And he says, I do. And she's really excited, but 
he says he just can't. Oh. He can't because he's question mark. He's got this big secret. And, you know, for all of this Cougar Radio RFR rivalry, it's it's would be a big old barrier for them. So he tells Kim that he can't be with her and she kind of tearfully leaves and literally runs into oh River's arms. The most literal. Yeah. River gives Robbie like the, the most smug, gross look. Oh, and so slimy. I hate him and I know where his plot line is going. And I don't like it. <laughs> no. And it's any any thought I had that maybe like his perching power move before was to try and like maybe push Robbie towards like that was just that's all out the window. He's just a slimy yeah. boy. No, cannot redeem this nasty man. Nasty man. He really is a nasty man. <laughs> Travis and Bridget are watching from the balcony and Travis is like, oh, this band's going to be playing here in a few weeks and blah, blah, blah. And Bridget just kind of cuts him off. It's like, we need to talk. And she basically has this kind of amazing conversation with him being like, you know what? Like, this isn't working out. You ignored me for a year and now you expect me to complete you. Like, that's not healthy. <laughs> and Travis is like, but I need you. And she's like, that, that's why I have to go. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I, I can't do this for you. I can't, like, complete you and give you purpose. You have to find that for yourself. Yeah. And kind of desperately, he's like, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. That's why I'm doing this. And she kisses him goodbye and leaves. And we get this very confused, sad looking Travis. But it's it's a really important like scene. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting, like the way all of these relationships are shaping out, that it's all they're all very specific circumstances and they're all very complex, you know? Mm-hmm. And I I just I think I just this is just a really good episode. It you really know? is. Like for for just having like really like good development of these relationships. It's great. Yeah. Really interesting dynamics and and yeah, a lot of a lot of emotional maturity and yeah, just inter- interesting stuff going on. All the years that we cared, all the things that we shared, birthday cakes, bad mistakes, stolen bikes, fake mics, sweet hearts. Broken hearts, punch your arm and no harm. Now these things start to fade to a very different shade. And you thought the drama was done? Oh, we get, we get ah. the big culminating moment Holy of this whole fuck. episode. So No Man's Land goes up and, uh, you know, Lily takes center stage and looks at Ray and says, this one's for you, Ray. And sings this very, like, pointed song that's very specific to them (laughs) and their you know how they grew up together and all of like the little in jokes that they have yeah and it's like it's a really interesting (laughs) it it doesn't read as a love song it reads as like a very angry breakup song like she's been done wrong by ray but you know we we get like essentially the the prevailing lyric is you belong to someone else not me but um as that's playing out we kind of um see shots of robbie standing alone watching kim and river we see travis alone kind of confused after bridget leaves and we see at the very like end of this song lily looks out in the audience to look at ray and catches him kissing grace Ah, he missed the phone he missed the phone call but then in just to heighten this whole thing uh the two of them are leaving apparently after that one song yeah. and we get uh completing you know the the rule of threes megan throws her drumstick 
and somehow <laughs> manages to disconnect Lily's mic cable, which who who connected that XLR? Yes. Who did this? You that mic would not be functional if that was a loose connection. Yeah, you, <laughs> who's 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 checking They're this? Lightly touching. But disconnects disconnects the microphone and Lily's kind of watching Ray leave and she's shouting at him to stop, but he can't hear her because the mic's not on, and she shouts after him and says, Ray, I love Ray, you. I love and you. he doesn't hear it. He doesn't hear. And, He's still blown and she gets blocked by this big old crowd in this random warehouse and can't get through. Oh no. What could have been? Oh, she said the big L. And she took a big L. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, she real did. <laughs> oh, she real did. Oh, she real did. Uh, but yeah, it's this is a big like I want to say kind of a tone shift from previous episodes because they're Aside from like that, the one scene in the cafeteria at the beginning, there's really no goofs in this one. This is no, just all true. all drama across the board. Yeah, yeah, we can't even goof on Travis too hard. He's too he's too earnest. He's too giggly and in love. Oh, Except for when he says, "Hey, boo, he's so that's vulnerable funny. and small." Yeah, <laughs> hey boo, always make fun of hey boo, hey boo. So that does it for this episode. Um, very appropriate, again, as Sammy said. If we were following the American episode guide, this would be a season finale. And boy, does it feel like one. So uh, the sheer drama. So I'm excited to see uh, where we're heading in the final stretch. Holy the, shit. The last, the last uh, quarter of this show. How oh wild God. is that? How are we here? You belong to someone else, not me. Over in Mickey's Discs, songs featured in this episode include Not Ready to Go by The Trues, I Came Late to the Party by Sterling, and What's a Boy to Do by The 68s. So we do hear two of those songs in uh, performed by the bands themselves, which yes. is a very cool thing. I am tempted to talk about The Trues, but... But we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that because we get a we get a special episode to talk about them later. So uh, I did want to talk about what's a boy to do by the sixty eights. It's the first song we hear performed at Soundwave, and it's extremely fun. It's very like power poppy, very kind of retro jangly pop sound. So What's a Boy to Do is from the 68's 2003 album, Wonderful in the Afternoon. I was able to find a review. It's of their second album, but it kind of captures the sound of the band. Uh, Toronto's The 68's certainly got their name right, as from the opening notes of The Way I Walk, it's obvious that their foundation comes from the Kinks, the Beatles, and Elvis Costello-friendly pop sounds that could have been found in a time capsule from the same year. Like most outfits who venture into that late 60s sonic palette, they do have a few tracks that stumble, but I'd be lying if I didn't say they've got some killer hooks and really settle into that sound we all wish the Strokes still played. Their record, Pika Electric Armada, has been a pleasant surprise, even if I missed its release last year and hadn't heard about the band until two weeks ago. <laughs> so this is just a fun <laughs> little review from HeroHill.com, which appears to be a review of uh, Canadian a uh, review site for Canadian music. Another fun thing I found when I was Googling the 68s was a PDF from cbc.ca called The Music of Heartland. And it's just an index of every song featured <laughs> in Heartland. <laughs> so I guess Hell the 68s yeah. featured in Heartland somewhere, uh, which is cool. Uh, Give it me looks that good horse music. Good horse music. Those lo-fi chill hop horse beats. <laughs> 
I want to see. I've really been enjoying what people are doing with um, the the kind of original, um, the lo-fi study beats yes. that has that animation of the girls studying the way that people are editing those. I would like to see a horse iteration of that. Yes. But uh, I, I got to say my favorite version of that um, it's just a picture of Bernie Sanders and it's like a lo-fi beat playing over his filibuster. <laughs> so you ever want to listen to Bernie Sanders talk for like eight hours? That's incredible. I do, if there is a horse version though, I really want it to be called like lo-fi clip-clop beats. <laughs> horse joke. Oh. <laughs> so. Ha-ha, horse. Ha-ha, a horse. Um. So the 68s, most of what I could find was photos from shows in, their, in the 2007 to 2008 years. Uh, the founding members have since gone on to the indie rock band Zeus, which started up in 2009. So I think that's what immediately followed the 68s. And they're still a band to this day, um, signed to the Arts and Crafts label and doing pretty well for themselves. So if you feel like some good power pop... Um, <laughs> like her dad <laughs> you might enjoy the 68s both of their albums are on spotify and they're they're a bit tricky to like the way they spell their name is like v and then the number six ixty <laughs> and then the the number eight and then i-g-h-t-s so you might have better <laughs> look luck. at the look at the description of this episode you'll see it yes it's you'll fine. see it or, or just look up the album Wonderful in the Afternoon. You might have a better better chance finding that. If you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also send us an email if you like to send emails at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice clip if you want. The window to get on the air is closing <laughs> as we enter the, the last quarter. So you could be the... Could be our one and only uh, caller. Our one and only special. caller. Oh man, Doug on line two, or or whatever. I don't know. Swift, <laughs> Swift, Swift, call us, please. Swift, give us a call. My God, can you imagine just like Swift bells, like, hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> so for now, this is podcast free Roscoe signing off. Mm-hmm.